You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the studios bringing you game sports show hockey edition top shelf booyah and it's time for the game sports show this is the top shelf edition season two episode seven presented by the tap room at Northern Superior in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. I am sitting inside the T-Gem Studios in the Gretzky Corner, and I am joined by Alex Parr and Dane Hantro. Going to Alex first. Alex, my friend, how's it going? Going pretty well. Uh, an interview that we just wrapped up a couple of minutes ago. I uh, won't be over for a little bit, but I got compared to Connor McDavid, so I just want to hold that <laughs> I want to, I want everybody to know that. Okay. So never, your dreams aren't too small. Whoever's listening, go for it. You can do it. Wait, were, 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 were they commenting on how grumpy you are all the time? Like, you know, honor, <laughs> honor stink face all the time. No, no. We were talking about the birth year and uh, they, Dave was talking about how, if you have a heart, you, you can do it. You, you can, you can make it happen. And I said, so you're saying it's not over. And our guest said, well, you're 97, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're the same. Just tell everybody I compared you to Connor McDavid. So, <laughs> hell yeah. There's the heart. That voice that you heard compliment Connor McDavid's lovely face is the one and only Oiler fan, Dane Hantro. Daner, how's she go? Oh, she'll go a lot better if the Oilers can actually pull out a win tonight. You know, maybe McDavid scores a goal or two. I don't know if the guy's yeah. hurt or he's Fucking tired or what, but McDavid lost me money the other night. I put money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's literally almost scored every game against he's played against Calgary. But uh, yeah. The, the... Oh, next time, next time we'll put down twenty bucks on Connor McDavid almost scoring. <laughs> if if only that was uh, on, on the uh, the betting app there. So, yeah, no, just uh, looking forward to the puck drop. Alexander Ovechkin's coming to town, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if he gets booed or not while he's in Edmonton. I think forty percent of uh, Edmontonians uh, have uh, Ukrainian heritage there, so uh, should be interesting. Good points, and that's where we're recording today. Today's March the 9th at 7.30. We're just minutes before puck drop for those who may listen night of, day after. No worries, though, because the content that we talk about is relevant from day of and going forward. So you don't have to hit pause. Hit, turn up that volume. That's not a thing. But hit like, follow, and subscribe on the Gain Sports Show platforms, including the TGEM Network YouTube channel. Fantastic. And as I'm sitting here, Having a nice Northern Superior lager, premium all-natural craft beer from Northern Superior. It's delicious. You can ask Dean and Alex. It's great. And our good buddy of ours, Blake Winters, the brew master. And a master he is indeed. He has the sorcery of making delicious beer there. And make sure you check out the tap room. We got lots to talk about with hockey. We always do. We can always dive into local. And I know guests like when we talk local, especially those who are in Sault Ste. Marie, I will do uh, some shout outs to local hockey near the end of the show, but we're going to be sticking to the professional level uh, for the most of the duration of this show. And as I mentioned, it's March the 9th, lots of content again to trade deadline is around the old corner. And then the playoffs are around the corner ish. It's like around the corner, down the road to the left. And then you're going to hit the destination on your right. That's how close it is. 
and it's getting tight. You know, it's getting tight. It's uh, especially with trade deadline. There's teams out there that may be selling teams that are going to be buying tight teams that are conservative buyers, maybe conservative sellers. And I'm taking those terms from NHL 22 franchise mode, but nonetheless, we got some exciting hockey. They're going to be coming down the stretch and it's, <laughs> it's going to be one of those deadlines. I feel where the over pairs are going to get what they want, but will it nip them? in the butt in the rear end. So fellas, let's get right into it. Dane, I'm going to go over to you first because you have the agenda points. I'll call them that you want to get into right away. Myself and Alex planned a free for all show today, but you actually came a little bit prepared. So we're going to give you uh, the reins for a little bit here. Well, uh, yeah, I like to be prepared from time to time there, but uh I think uh, going into the trade deadline, there's uh, obviously a, a couple teams in the playoff uh, position or in the mix that are looking for uh, goaltending help. Um, so, yeah, I think we can just kind of have a roundtable discussion on maybe where we think a couple of these uh, goaltenders might go. You know, how desperately do these teams um, need a goaltender or if maybe they should just keep status quo and, and carry on with the goalies that they have. So I'll start with the teams that I think that are in playoff uh positions or in the mix that i think are definitely actively shopping for a goalie right now um or at least looking into it and i I, the three teams i got is edmonton toronto and washington um obviously edmonton has had goaltending trouble for i don't know since the Dwayne rollison days in 2006 on her cup run uh toronto um i mean kind of the same I think they probably had a little bit better goal, a quality goaltending than the Oilers over the last couple of years, but still Jack Campbell's just completely disappeared off the map. Um, Peter Morazic's not really coming in um, and, and stealing the show and, uh, and, and trying to really take that starting position. So yeah, I think obviously Toronto and Edmonton, our two big teams are looking uh, for, for goaltending help. And then the Washington Capitals, their two young guys are, I mean, they're, they're still winning games like Toronto, but I think, you know, maybe White want at least a veteran backup goalie or a 1A, 1B and move one of their younger guys out. And then for wild card teams that I have that might be looking in for a goalie, uh, Minnesota Wild, uh, Cam Talbot, Talbot's really dropped off um, kind of like the same time Jack Campbell uh, did. So, I mean, are they going to look for goaltending help? I know the flexibility for Minnesota's cap space next year um, is not great. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And then the LA Kings, I mean, Jonathan quick had a really hot start to the season and, and he's kind of fallen off a bit, but that team uh, continues to score a lot of goals and giving those guys support. So um, I, I don't know if Minnesota or LA will make moves, but I think those are two intriguing teams to potentially look at to maybe strengthen their, uh, their, uh, their goaltending. And then, yeah, just a couple guys I have on the market. I think the guys that kind of jump out at your face. I mean, I got flurry Flurry's the big one. Um, I think flurry is the only guy on the market right now that really has that playoff pedigree that is, you know, a guaranteed upgrade um, over the current goalies that some of these teams have that are looking for goaltending. Um, but ultimately, Flurry controls his own destiny, right? So he, he has a no trade movement, and I think with the shit show from Vegas to Chicago, I don't know how willing he is to move. Um, so I think he, said he doesn't want to. 
Exactly. Right. So I, I, I think that's, that's a tricky one. I think you'd have to be the right fit. Um, so I, I don't know if that one happens for sure. I think one that does happen is Alex or is uh, Gorgiev. Um, he, he won't be returning to the team next year. He's a free agent. Um, his numbers aren't stellar, um, especially in comparison to Shesterkin this year. That's uh, having a historical season um, as a goalie. But Gorgiev's numbers are 7-9-2 uh, with a 3-1-5 GA and a nine or 8-9-3 save percentage, which isn't great. Um, does that bring his value down? I don't know. I think the Rangers um, are probably comfortable with keeping him just as a backup, just in case something happens going into the playoffs. At the same time, I don't know if they really want to lose him for nothing. So, I, I mean, I, I think Gorgiev will probably command a first-round pick, um, if not a couple prospects. And then uh, for veteran guys, we got Varlamov and uh, James Reimer. Uh we're both having, you know, decent seasons. I mean, Varlamov only has three wins, but his uh, his goaltending numbers say that, you know, he hasn't been playing that terrible. I think James Reimer, I mean, do you think, <laughs> can, can you see him coming back to the Leafs maybe, you know, maybe moving Mrazek out, have a little bit more of a veteran presence. You know, he knows Toronto, he knows the media, maybe a little redemption story. Um, I think he's been playing pretty unbelievable hockey Uh on a really bad San Jose team. The standing ovation that guy would get if he ever put on a Leafs jersey again would be unreal. It would yeah, be and insane. I understand. It, it makes a lot of sense, honestly. Like it, it, it really does. And like, like how much is Toronto willing to you know <sighs> give out to 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 get Flurry? Where I think James Reimer, you have Camel and Reimer move out. You know. Uh, don't even toy with me like that. Even <laughs> thinking about that, like James Rivers probably like top three of my favorite players of all time. Like that when he got called up and they went on that run, it was unreal. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It's like I'm watching a fucking Disney movie. Don't don't give me hope like that, Dan. Don't give me hope like that. Well, we'll see. And then I got a couple wild cards. Um, I got John Gibson, who I think's always in you know every time around this year he's always in these discussions and um i don't i mean it wouldn't be the worst time for anaheim to move gibson i mean are they gonna make the playoffs i think it's unlikely i think they had an oppressive run to start the season but they're kind of fading out um as the season goes along so i think john gibson if i i think he's definitely an upgrade um for any of the teams that I mentioned um, that are looking for a goalie. So we'll see what happens with that. And then I kind of look to St. Louis right now where they got really two good goalies. I mean, Bennington's not having a great year, but that Ville Huso is, is has a 930 save percentage um, playing on a reel this year. I know St. Louis just signed Bennington to, you know, a contract uh, so I don't, I, I don't foresee either of those two getting moved, but I mean, if the right deal comes along, maybe, maybe St. Louis does that. So just two guys to keep an eye on, but, uh, yeah, just uh, what your guys thoughts are. A lot of points there, Dan, a lot of information. Love it. Alex, I'll go to you first and I'll, uh, finish it after your, uh, points. Do any of these goalies, like you said, besides Marc-Andre Fleury, really, change that much for any team that's in dire need of a goalie yes 
Who, okay, who and where? Gorgiev and Edmonton would be an example, 100%. Yeah, I disagree with that. I'd rather I, – I, when we already have Stuart Skinner waiting to come up to be our backup goalie next year, I really don't see Gorgiev as a fit. I think if we could get John Gibson, which I think is a, a long shot, and he's American and I don't know what his willingness to play in a Canadian market really is at this point. Um, Gorgiev's numbers aren't that great this year. Um, and if you compare him to Shesterkin, they play on the same team. There's no excuse to have a safe percentage below 900, in my opinion. Um, so I would be concerned with overpaying for Gorgiev. That being said, I think he has shown flashes in the past that he does have the potential to be a, a good starting goaltender in the NHL, but I think that's a big gamble. But to Alex's point, I think Flurry is literally other than if Gibson comes on the market, but Gibson, I like Gibson's not going anywhere. I think so either. Yeah, never seen never though. That uh, Stolars has been playing really good hockey there, and I think that team's somewhat in a rebuild. Do they do they see Gibson the guy that that's gonna you know? take him to the promised land, you know, in three to four years from now when that team finally molds into, you know, a, a, a playoff team that, you know, ha- has a chance at the Stanley Cup. Four years is a long way from now. So, I I, I, I I, mean, I don't know if I was Anaheim and I'm convinced that I'm not making the playoffs this year, I would definitely be listening to phone calls on John Gibson. If the pot's sweet enough, I, I I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger. Par more points. Did, did you say me? Yeah, you. Continue your points. We cut you off. You only asked one question. Today. That's all I really had. I don't think Gibson's going anywhere. Fleur is the only guy that I think would make a difference. Yeah, sure, Gorgiev. But what's it going to take to get Gorgiev? Are we talking like a, a minimum of first-round pick and a, and a A-tier prospect? I think that would be ludicrous if that's what they're asking for. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. What do you like? I don't know what they would be asking for him because he's shown flashes of promise, but maybe that's also me being a Leafs fan and watching that guy steal the show every time he shows up in Toronto. I, I also think like with all the big contracts that were signed in the off season, that cap space is precious, which now makes your first round picks more precious because you need more guys in your lineup playing on entry league contracts. Um, so I think that's, that's a, a very important thing to consider when you're moving your pick. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty for Edmonton. I think we got enough guys in the pl- prospect pool on defense on forward that I think our first round pick this year, we should try to move it to whether to improve in net or on defense but I wouldn't force that first round pick for Goryev if it meant that we could get, you know, a really good right-handed shot, you know, shut down defenseman and, you know, maybe move out Barry's contract, but it's a lot of logistics involved um, to get a, a goaltending deal done. And I mean, who, who knows what Chicago is going to ask for flurry. They might ask for a King's ransom. I mean, they know, other teams in the league or, you know, a couple teams are desperate for goaltenders and, you know, they don't necessarily have to move Flurry. Flurry doesn't have to go if he doesn't want. I don't to. think you can get a King's ransom because he's only going to give like what a, a list of maybe three teams. And those teams are going to know that where if he wants to go for whatever reason, they're going to be like, you've only got two other options besides us to go to. I don't know how, 
how much of a bidding war those three teams can get in. I don't think they're ever going to play in Washington, though. Not after playing in Pittsburgh. No, 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 no. And I mean, does he really want to go to Toronto or Edmonton? (laughs) Fuck that. I don't I couldn't name you one person that wants to go to Toronto. (laughs) Exactly. So. See, Flurry has. I would almost say, I would almost say that it's more likely John Gibson gets moved than Flurry. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. But yeah, I just think, I think, I think, there, I right? think Flurry controls so much of his destiny that he might retire after this season, right? And maybe he wants to go on another cup run. I think Toronto would probably be the best fit, even over Edmonton. But I mean, both teams are a disaster defensively. At, at Toronto more defensively. Edmonton just can't stop the fucking puck. Flurry has to submit a 10 team no trade list. So he, like you said, 10. Damn. He has to control his own destiny. It's up to Chicago if they get the right uh, right offers. And I put the off the S in brackets that he, they go to Flurry and we say, hey, these are the ones we like. Do you want to do them? No, they don't do it that way. When they submit a 10 team no trade list, uh, or uh, they, they, Flurry says, okay, here's a 10 teams I don't want to go to. And then that leaves 22 teams out there that could throw their name into the hat of flurry uh, and choose what flower uh, or what part of the flower they want or what they want to give up for the flower. So do they want to give up a second? Do you want to get rid of the farm? Do you want to get rid of the first? What do you want to do? That's not forget Chicago paid fuck all for Mark Andre flurry. They got, they got him from Vegas for basically a bag of peas, uh, a frozen bag of mangoes and a, <laughs> and a six pack of Northern superior, which is mangoes are good. Northern <laughs> superior is good. That's really good. good. Really good, but the price sounds not- like a terrible deal. No, the t- the talent of Flurry is priceless, though. The guy is a Stanley Cup winner. He's a he's a leader in the locker room. And when he got traded to Chicago, we can't forget how how devastated he was. But he, he played, and that's the thing is that Chicago could just be like, hey, you know, I'll use Edmonton as an example here, pure example. Not not saying this is going to happen, but Edmonton says, all right, we'll give you a second. Uh, we'll throw in. Uh, I'm just going to say Miko Koskinen. They wouldn't take that. But Miko Koskinen and a prospect, uh, Tyler Benson. Let's just throw well, that. They have, they have to take Miko Koskinen. Oh, there you go. So, Mik- so Tyler. They, they got to move half out. Again, hypothetical here. I'm not even saying this is going to happen. But they move. They make an offer, and Chicago's like, ah, shit, that's the best we can get. Toronto's only giving us a second. Edmonton's giving us a second, a goalie, and a prospect. Dallas has given us, uh, and I'm just using Dallas again as an example, a third, a fourth, and a prospect. Okay, Edmonton's giving us the best the best deal. Well, okay, well, Mark andre give us your 10-team no-trade list. Okay, it's got Arizona. It's got that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Edmonton's not on that 10-team no-trade list. Guess what, Mark andre See you later. Ultimately, yes, you want to do best by your player, but what they're doing the best by their player is accommodating the 10 team, no trade list and letting him go uh, to the team that other 22 teams he didn't select on that list. And what's better for Chicago. That's what's going to happen. Chicago is in a retooling phase. They will take assets for an expiring veteran. That's at a King's ransom amount right now in a league that is a buyer's market teams like the Edmonton's, the Toronto's they, they might overpay, for a goalie, but you may call me crazy. I think Dubis is actually not lying when he says that he's not looking for a goalie. For once in my life, I don't think a general. Oh, I agree, Dave. I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I just think I don't, unless you can get Flurry or Gibson, every one of those other goaltenders that are on the market, are they realistically better than the two guys that you have? No, the only thing they're not. 
The only thing you're doing, uh, Edmonton doesn't really matter. Koskinen's off your books this year. Smith's off the books. No, he's not. He's back next year, I think. Um, but yeah, what a fucking disgrace that is. Anyway, you have you have an, a thing in Edmonton where a contract's out in Toronto. The only way they make a goalie move is that now they've realized that Mrazic's contract is shitty and you're going to move out Mrazic to open up that cap space to re-sign maybe Campbell to a two-year, maybe $2.5 million deal an hour three. He'd be more, I'm sure. But again, you maybe open up that space. That's the only way Toronto's making a move. But if they don't want to visit that right now, they can say, fucking run with it because their biggest problem is on defense. And for every year, Every fucking deadline that I can remember. Apparently, the Leafs are getting Josh fucking Manson. No, they're not. Uh, they're not getting Josh Manson. Uh, Hampus Lindholm. They're not getting fucking Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, either. they're getting Manson, Lindholm, and Gibson. Yeah, they're getting all three of them from the Ducks. Yeah. So the here's what's gonna. Here's one thing, and I'll give you this. If you want to talk Toronto specific for a second, if they're going to get a goalie, I am on the rhyme. I'm on the Optimus rhyme train, absolutely. And I'm even on the Braden Holpe train. And here's why: because Holpe. Is not having a bad year in Dallas. He's $2 million cap hit, and you move out Morazic, you free up cap space, you can attack that defense. Is it really an improvement? No, it's not. So either way, when you go into the market, you guys hit a nail on the head. Gibson, Flurry, that does not, uh, unless it's those two, do not really dramatically improve uh, your goaltending to a certain degree. I still kind of think Gorgiev would, uh, but again, what are you going to pay for a Gorgiev? I think right now it is a goaltender's market where teams can ask more if a team really wants a goalie, but I think it's more of a defensive market where you can get those premiums. And for the last couple of years, it's been a defensive market. You know, apparently rest of Linen's on the market for Philadelphia, but no one's going to jump into that. The John Klingbergs, Though those are the type of people that are players you can be looked for, but be wary of John Klingberg. There's a lot of Tyson Berry in John Klingberg, which isn't horrible. Okay. I'm not saying that's bad. Okay. But from Toronto experience it's bad, but Edmonton experience may be good or Colorado, but this is a guy that isn't as strong defensively as he is decent, but he's more offensively minded. I think you got to start looking at uh, like everyone looks at Cole Miller going to Toronto. Cause again, we're speaking Toronto here, but you got to look at different defensemen that are going to be assets and play the position of um, of defense better than uh, like on the defensive side of the puck. That's where I'm looking for towards. Okay. Yeah. You got Claude Giroux looking at the Florida Panthers, which if Florida gets Claude Giroux, I'm telling you right now, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, you know, you got to look at the uh, guys like, Hey, Jake Chikrin. Okay. If you're going to pay Kings ransom for John, for John Gibson, if you need a goalie, sure. But who's worth the money? Jacob Chickering's worth the freaking money. That guy's got some contract. He's got some term. The guy's going to be a stud. You look at some defense, Mark Giordano. Yeah, 6.7 a cap hit, but he's he's very good, I still think, defensively. Millsy does well defense. And, yes, I can call him Millsy. He's a buddy. Uh, you got other guys on defense that are available as well. I'm trying to think at the top of my head right now. Uh, not the Ristolainen's of the world. Not the P.K. Subans of the world. Not the Michael Delzal. Autos, but even Luke Shen, people call me crazy, but I watched Luke Shen against Vancouver. The guy does the little things, right? He's a back-to-back Stanley cup champion in Tampa. If you're Toronto, heck, if you're even Edmonton Oilers, you got to look at a Luke Shen. You got to look at some of those guys that are going to be gamble picks or sorry, trades of, of the value uh, that are going to get uh, that are of low value. The Mark Pissicks of Buffalo. Those might be those little trades. That you can add depth to your team. That might be good, but 
I don't think Toronto and Edmonton are going to go on these little trades. I think they're looking up on the top of the trade board at those Mansons, Klingbergs, Giordano's, maybe not Edmonton with Giordano, but those are teams that are be in a, in a market for that. Teams that aren't in a market for a defenseman like the Florida Panthers or even like the Colorado Avalanche, they're all in on the Claude Giroux. And you know what? I wouldn't sleep on Jake DeBrusque. And I've said this since day one. I am a Max Domi fan. I love Max Domi. I would love to see him go to the blue and white, but he would be a great fit on a team that's looking for a second line winger or even a third line winger slash center. He can take the draw. There's a lot of big names on this list. And the JT Miller to, to Colorado, if Vancouver can get Byram a first round pick and get some assets back, I think Vancouver should be all over that. But we were talking defense here. Byram is not a tradable option right now. We don't even know if he's playing hockey ever again. Uh, I, I've heard name. I've heard him talk about it on different podcasts, and I just use him as an example. But we're talking goalies right now, and because I ran off on a tangent with different players, but the goaltending market is a very people say it's a big market for goaltending. It is, but it isn't. It's because of the point you brought up, Dane. Does it really make your team better from what you have? And to be honest, if Toronto can move Morazic's contract. Yes. If the Rangers can move Gorgiev and get an asset for a player that's not coming back. Yes. And sell it because sell it to fucking Arizona. If you want to Gorgiev take a first rounder next year, they wouldn't do that because that's Bedard's year, but take the highest value that you can get because with flurry, he has 10 teams. You can't train him to him. Maybe he says, no, I don't want to go to Washington. No, I don't want to go to Edmonton. No, I don't want to go to Toronto. And he starts naming off all these playoff teams. And the only team he wants to go to are teams that won't trade for him and that are shitty. So maybe you're not going to make a trade. And maybe the risk is too, that if you do trade him, he may not report players could do that flower. Isn't that way, but there's just a lot that can happen at this deadline. And I think the goaltending and defense market's going to take over the only forward that's going to take over the trade deadline is when Claude Giroux gets traded. I think it's inevitable that he's going to be a Panther, a Panther. I, I've, I thought Colorado up until yesterday, the, the scouts, uh, the trade offer that Florida can give them with Owen Tippett, the picks, the prospects. I think Florida's all in this year. I thought if you, if I have a piece of paper in front of me, a betting man, I would probably still bet Colorado for the safe bet, but something's telling me Florida. Dane, I know you probably agree. Uh, that's your Stanley cup final is Colorado, Florida. If I remember correctly, um, Claude Giroux is, in my opinion, I think it's almost inevitable he's going to be a Panther. It's just looking more and more each day. Yeah, I think that's a – I mean, if he goes to Colorado or Florida, I, I, I think that's a pretty huh. quick transition for him where he will just flourish in uh, either of those lineups. They're up and down the ice pretty quick. Drew has good, decent speed, good hands, um, unreal playmaking ability. Um, so if either of those teams – can get a deal done. Um, and I, yeah, and I think, you know, both of them still have pretty good prospects. I don't know if Colorado would be in the business of moving new hook for Giroux. Um, and again, you know, with the um, uncertainty of Bowen Byram, which is a guy I think who was playing so good that I wouldn't even really want to trade Byram. If you think he's coming back, like yeah. you, you got, if you got him and McCarr for the next, you know, 10 years on your team, your, your, your back end is looking pretty unbelievable. That being said, Devin Taze has come in this year and, and is playing almost at a Norris level caliber kind of defenseman right now. So 
Yeah, I agree. Um, Chickering, I mean, Chickering would look really good in Edmonton or um, Toronto. I'm pretty sure uh, the I think I now. think Edmonton probably has a little bit more prospect pool and willingness to move a first round pick just because you guys moved your uh, your first round pick. Two yeah, years but it went really good. So I feel like maybe again. But I, I think Chickering is all also likely maybe to it might be an off season move maybe maybe say the draft but who knows see you know we're a, a name that keeps coming out a lot has fairly intrigued me and this was a, a, a discussed by our good friends over at tsn james duffy um you have you have the market that i said with justin braun these the these defense that are so kind of fourth fifth sixth defense that you aren't the flashy names but get the job done you know jacob middleton is a guy that's been getting term, getting some uh, some names. I don't know if you guys know a lot about Jacob Middleton. He is a San Jose Shark defenseman, very sound defensively at home. I've looked up some background. I've looked at some clips. I've uh, watching highlights, and they do actually show a lot of the time of Middleton's on the ice. I've even kind of checked out because uh, of having the availability to watch some games. I've seen some Shark games. Uh, on the television and I'm sitting uh, as they are play later at night. I have them on the television and he's a defenseman that stays at home, gets the puck, gets the puck out. He takes the body in front of the net. He gets the little things done. He's 26 years old. Okay. And this is a guy who was an RFA at the end of this year because of starting a little bit later. And if you look at the San Jose Sharks and look at Middleton, Middleton is a plus two and and on a team that San Jose is, hasn't been, I shouldn't say bad, the San Jose Sharks, though, are second last in their division. And to be a plus two on a team that's near the bottom, those are little stats to really look at. So that this is somebody who has term, though, that you could be overpaying for. Those are the type of cautious moves you got to make. Like, who the hell would Jacob Middleton be? Now this is the type of guy that's an RFA. He's going to want a bigger contract because he's having a pretty sound year. San Jose already has contract issues with some defense. Maybe this is a kind of opportunity where you could take advantage of some teams to move that type of guy. And just like with Philadelphia Braun, the guy is 35 years old, UFA this year. I guarantee you Braun fetches a third or second round pick at the trade deadline because of the premium for defense. And that's a laugh for the Philadelphia Flyers to get. So you got to be cautious at the deadline for overpayment. And imagine what you're going to be paying for a Chikrin or imagine what you're going to be paying for a John Gibson. I know they're both franchise altering players in their roles, more so Gibson than Chikrin, to be honest. But I think you got to look at these kind of defensemen that could be more affordable and not cost as much. Like I said, the Mark Pissicks um, of the world in Buffalo. All of the fancy stats and charts suggest that Justin Braun would be a fantastic pickup for someone that's just, responsibly defensively yep. uh, responsible defensively sorry the english language is very difficult um and i'd love to see the leafs go after that i mean philly what do you have to lose a, a playoff spot <laughs> yeah right so i feel like you might be able to get them affordable and no first round picks or a tier prospects going the other way no you're looking and you're looking at a third round pick maybe a second for braun i wouldn't do a second i would try to do a third and maybe a uh, minor leaguer defenseman and maybe a seventh or something like that <laughs> down the road. Uh, and then you got to look at maybe moving Alexander Kerfoot if you're Toronto, or if you're looking at teams like uh, the Ducks that are have some pending UFAs. Dane, you talked about uh, guys, and I know I kind of veered away from Kerfoot there, but I'm talking contracts. I'm going to go veer into the UFAs for a second. If you're the Ducks and you have players that are going to be UFAs, Manson, Rick, uh, Ricard, Raquel, I think 
and I'm a big believer if you're retooling, you have to move out these UFAs. You have to get something for nothing. Or you have to get something for something that you'd get for nothing at the end of the year. Ricard Raquel is going to get a bigger contract in the offseason. He's not re-signing. Manson, he might re-sign in Anaheim because he likes being there. The John Clegberg of Dallas, UFA, out of there because he's not going to stay there. Ben Sherrod, out of Montreal because he's not going to stay there. Uh, and again, there's been a lot of ties with Ben Sherrod. I think you got to be very cautious with him too. This is a, a market where you got to be cautious. And I think the guys that are the Brandon Hagels, uh, the, the, maybe the, I guess you can kind of refer to Connor Garland makes a little bit too much, but JT Miller's uh, guys that have term or the guys that are FAs that can get you more than one year. I think that's where the play is, but for teams that are tied up against the salary cap guys like the Leafs, uh, teams like, I guess, uh, if I'm going to keep going down to Tampa Bay's, they can look at guys like the Phil Kessels uh, and the, the higher end top guys, uh, that are, that are going to be kind of big contract. It's Colorado's can look at the college Giroux's. They can look at that and not hurt themselves. But I think the teams that have a lot of years left to still kind of flourish and be, uh, good in the standings and strong presence in the playoffs, Toronto, maybe Edmonton, if they kind of smarten up their decor, these are, I think you should start looking at guys with term. And if you're looking at a rental, make sure it's a rental. that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg like Nick Felino cost to Toronto. Dane, any more thoughts? I, I think you've uh, nailed it on the head there, uh, Dave. I, I, I really, I don't, I don't have a whole lot more to add to that, to be honest. Jeff Petrie, let me ask you this, Dane. Jeff Petrie is 57th on the TSN Drape Bait list. He's making $6.25 million. He has three years left on his deal. He's 34 years old. Does he get moved? I think it's probably uh, up to it, Jeff Petrie. I, I, think, I think it's tough because is it a guy that you maybe want to be around with this kind of new core of younger guys? Um, it, it leaves them desperately bad on the back end with Jeff without Jeff Petrie. And I, I know he's not having a great year, but he's playing a lot of minutes on a really bad team. Um, I think if they do move him, they'll have to retain some contract. Um, but that being said, I don't, I don't think Montreal is looking to, you know, have a, a one year, two year rebuild. I think, I think they're a, a bit of a slower burn for this so i don't think retaining um money um would be the biggest concern and also you can always do a three three uh team trade and, and just get arizona to take cap space like they always do um but i i i think i think jeff petrie um would be a great addition for some teams i mean seeing him back in edmonton would be great um, I see a deal where if you can move Tyson Berry out, uh, Jeff Petrie, you retain enough salary that it's the equivalent of what Tyson Berry is making and then maybe throw in a second and, uh, and uh, a mid-tier prospect maybe gets that deal done. Um, yeah, I, 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 really, I really think Montreal will be decently busy um towards the uh you know getting closer to the trade deadline i think brendan gallagher is a guy that they want to try to move out but he carries a pretty heavy cap hit and i mean he has 14 points in 38 games this year isn't exactly lighting it up 
Um, I'm not sure what he has left on his contract, but I believe he signed big time for big money and has oh, at least three or four years left on his contract. I could be completely wrong, but so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Mike Hoffman's a guy that they might move out. I just, I, I, I think, I think Montreal has a, a plethora of options as to what they can do. And they also don't have to trade any of the guys, you know, right now. Um, this year, if they don't feel like the market is where they want it to be, right? So maybe they look to the draft. Maybe they see a couple guys in the draft and want to move up in the draft and they'll hold some of these players so they can make some logistical moves in the draft. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams would love Jeff Petrie. I think Jeff Petrie would look good on the Leafs and with Muzzin, you know, um, on long-term IR, I'm not really sure what his timetable is like, but if they're going to pull the old Tampa Bay lightning. I think you could make Jeff Petrie work for a while. Obviously next year will be a little bit of a cap crunch and you're definitely going to have to move some salary out. But I think, yeah, Jeff Petrie is a, a perfect player um, for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers. But again, like you said, the, he he does carry a significant cap hit, but he, he is a right-handed shot. So that's, that's always a, a sexy um, option for uh, teams looking for uh, uh, I, I just, players. I just don't see the Montreal Canadiens like blindsiding that guy with the trade. I feel like he would have to, they'd have to have a long conversation and see if he'd be willing to, just because he's been there for so long. He's a, he just, he, he hey man, new, new management, new coach. I, I, I don't know if that allegiance uh, is there. I don't think you, you come into a team as a new GM to fix a shit show and then, you know, have these personal feelings for players on your team. So I, 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 I really don't see that being a, it's not like he's a French speaking Canadian, he's American. So I, I don't really think they'll give a fuck about moving him or hurting his feelings. And we will get into a lot of trade deadline as we approach uh, the trade deadline. We'll have a show even before the trade deadline, and uh, we're going to have a trade deadline show. We got lots coming up, and we're going to be transitioning to our new shows to video uh, in the very near future as well. So that will be a good tie into that. So I'm going to leave the the trade deadline points alone. I know we went into a lot of different things. We referenced a lot in terms of Toronto and Edmonton, a lot of what ifs, a lot of could ifs. The whole point of bringing all this up is that the market is going to be very tough from a goaltending end and defensive end, and I think buyers should be aware of overpaying and that's kind of how the deadline is it's a cliche but the gms that are going to make the moves that are those sound silent type moves the guys that are like a justin braun as alex parr alluded to the colin millers the luke shens the mark pissicks maybe the jacob middletons of san jose from the defensive end and one of those moves that are a rhymer holpy or even from up front, if you're looking at a quiet move, if it's Hagel from Chicago, or maybe that type of move that uh, the the that could be a good grinder on your line, like the Johan Larsons of the Arizona Coyotes, those depth-type moves, let's not forget the third and fourth lines are key components into winning a Stanley Cup for you and those third-pairing defensemen. So you need to have goaltending and balanced stars. There's teams that are in, in positions of being successful, but they have questionable goaltending or no goaltending. And we talked about two teams at heavy that are questionable with goaltending, more so one team questionable than the other one unreliable, but it's a market that you got to be certainly be aware of what you're buying. I would not be opposed 
to a James Reimer reunion though in Toronto. That's the best thing that I've heard in this whole conversation. Optimism. Ah, I'm going to pretend that I didn't hear it. So I don't get my hopes up. Oh, that would be something. And ah, what am I saying? I'm a Leafs fan. My hopes are obviously going to get up and obviously get crushed. That's just how we do it here, baby. I could. It's, it's a time. What a time to be alive. But interesting enough, seeing Maxime Comtois on the trade bait, I just have him going to Montreal for some reason. I don't know why. Yes, I think it might be because he's French. But that's my hot take of the day. Uh, I want to get into talk about a couple of things news-wise. Yager holding a fundraising game for the Ukraine. Of course, that is a bit of old news. It's been known. Gary Bettman uh, is donating 68, I believe, $1,000. Um, and Yarmir Yager, who's the third leading scorer in NHL history, helped raise over $160,000 on Tuesday, which would be yesterday, March the 8th, for refugees from the Ukraine who have fled to the Czech Republic. So this went on in uh, Clando's regular uh, regular season finale where they played the O2 Arena in Prague uh, and there was 14,000 people there in the 18,000 seat arena. Let me tell you this, there's more people at that game that there's going to be in Coyote games next year. Fun fact. Uh, the NHL announced that it's donating $68,000 in honor of his number uh, and 68,000 is part of the 160 that was raised and that's as per uh, the NHL Dot com. So there's been over 100,000 Ukrainian refugees that have fled to the Czech Republic uh, since Russia invaded Ukraine in, on February 23rd. We're not going to get into the invasion because that's not this type of show. But, Dan, you, uh, I want to go to you with Yager doing this for the Ukraine. It's uh, Yager's a class act. He is a, he is a one of a kind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think he's kind of done a lot with uh, the humanitarian aspects, uh, you know, giving back, especially in the Czech Republic. Uh, I know he um, was quoted the saying that he basically couldn't retire from his club team um, basically due to the pandemic and the, the lack of revenue that they were generating during those two years. And he basically came back to play hockey another year to, to sell, you know, seats and tickets for seats and, and, and you know, kind of get this, uh, this his club team. Sorry, I, I don't know what the team he's playing for right now is, but uh, to, get, to get them know, yeah, back yeah. afloat at anyways financially. So he just he kind of seems like that guy. But yeah, sorry, go out. Oh no, I just think it's Clad. No, I think yeah. that's his team. That's it. Okay, yeah. So yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I mean, if anybody wants to give back, there's lots of websites and and uh, stuff out there online where you can uh, help make donations to Ukraine, whether it's uh, um, just for health supplies uh, or medical supplies, food, um, just all that kind of stuff. So be a good person, donate five bucks, whatever you can. Love that. And Dane, obviously you are, your background is Ukrainian. That's why I gave you a little bit of time with that as well. Par, uh, sticking to uh, more news, uh, the Heritage Classic is being played this weekend between Toronto and Buffalo at uh, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Uh, now this isn't the most fiercest rivalry at this current point, but Buffalo-Toronto do have a lot of legendary games. One that really sticks out to me is when Buffalo eliminated Toronto in the conference finals in the late 90s to go on to lose to Dallas. <laughs> But Wayne Gretzky is going to be working for TNT at the Heritage Classic. So Wayne Gretzky will be in attendance at the Heritage Classic. And also another news today for the Guy Lafleur. This is all as per NHL.com. Uh, Lafleur, McDonald, and St. Pierre are named to the Hockey Order of Canada. So it's Guy Lafleur, L- Lenny McDonald, and Kim 
Saint Pierre. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet Lanny McDonald in Toronto at the hotel I was staying at. The guy's mustache was flawless. Okay, the guy's mustache is still flawless. Obviously, Leaf Legend. He had a broken leg in a playoff game and still finished the game and scored the winning goal. Tell anybody, uh, tell me if you've ever been able to break your leg and complete a hockey game. Now, the only thing I really want to dive into a little bit more is Las Vegas, Dane and Alex. And the reason why I want to go into Vegas is because this is a team that may or may not make the playoffs. I think they will. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I just can't see them not making it, but to tell me that LA would be ahead of Vegas this year, despite the injury troubles or Calgary being first Pacific division. Sorry, Dane. Uh, that's uh, that's this. I think there's a little bit of a danger that Vegas does not make the playoffs. And if they don't, does does the position the next few weeks determine if Vegas wants to maybe move out some contracts uh, because obviously LTIR is being used for Mark Stone, so it allows them to keep some guys. But there's also the room to move out guys to bring in guys. Do you see Vegas being buyers at the deadline or staying put? And Dan, I'll go to you with that. Oh, I I, I think they're 100% invested in making the playoffs at this point. I, I mean, I don't think they make any moves. I know there's the rumor going around with the goaltending and, you know, bringing Flower back, which obviously is bullshit. Um, I, 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 I don't think Vegas really has the options to do a whole lot. Uh, just financially cap crunched. Obviously, you can move term out and bring some in, but... I think they like the team that they got. You got to kind of look at Jack Eichel as, you know, your 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 trade deadline acquisition, um, kind of in the same sense that Evander Kane is. I know, obviously, Edmonton got Kane for free, but, you know, you come in midseason and he's uh, he, he he's already been producing at a good pace. Um, if Edmonton doesn't clean up their act, then Vegas won't have any issue making the playoffs at this point. So they're, they're third... Um, in the Pacific Division at this point, uh, I, I yeah, I, I I think they 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 they're in a good situation. If Mark Stone doesn't return until um, the playoffs start, they they got a they got a wagon of a team, right? And I I, I think if they want to, you know, I I don't I don't I don't see them beating Colorado again. Um, I think Colorado is going to come back with a vengeance this year, so. I think, you know, you don't really want to move any of those players that they got. They can maybe look to maybe move a forward out for uh, a defenseman. Um, so, I mean, they, they definitely have a couple guys that, that, that they could do that with. But I, I don't I don't foresee them being overly active at the deadline. But again, we'll see, right? Once one team starts making a move, you kind of see them start popping off and teams got a little bit more aggressive when you know, maybe a rival team in their division makes a big move and then that kind of forces their hand to do something. So maybe we'll see what happens in the uh, Pacific division. I think Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton has to be active at the trade deadline at this point. Um, Calgary already made their, you know, acquisition with the Foley. And then we'll see what LA does because LA is in an interesting position. I think they're maybe a little bit ahead of the rebuild at this point of the season that they thought they would be. So maybe they make a may, make a push um, at the uh, the trade deadline, but what would be too much in your eyes for Edmonton to give up at the trade deadline? To give up? Yeah. What would oh, you say? I think I think the first round pick has to be on the table. Um, there's a couple prospects that I would feel comfortable letting go. 
I, Xavier Bardo is having an unbelievable season in the queue right now, which makes me a little bit more hesitant to trade him. We got Raphael Lavoy, um, Carter Savoy we could trade. Um, I don't really like moving Holloway. And then Bouchard and Broberg are both rookies this year. Um, they've had some really good flashes, but they also, you know, are playing like a, like a, a rookie would. Um in the defensive position. So I, 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 I think if you're, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would move a first and then pair that with one of our good forward prospects um, other than Dylan Holloway. Is so kind of where do you, where do you draw the line? And is there like a, a prospect you wouldn't give up? Yeah. I wouldn't give up Holloway Bouchard or, or Broberg. If you want to call Bouchard and Broberg prospects, yeah, still, I mean, I, they're I playing it. NHL games, but they're still rookies. Right. Um, I think it would be I, – I think Philip Broberg and, and Bouchard have the potential to both be really, really good hockey players. Um, it, it's a lot of the mental game that's hurting them right now, but their God-given ability to play the game of hockey. Both are fantastic skaters. I mean, Bouchard is great with the puck, obviously, defensively, and um, his urgency. Um, I, and I think it's both their urgencies not quite there because they don't want to put themselves out of position. So I think at times they can be a little bit slower getting on the puck. But that being said, I don't want to get too far into that. I just I, I wouldn't trade either of those defensive prospects. We already got rid of Jones and Bear last year. So that kind of we're a little slim mm-hmm. um, when it comes to defensive prospects. So, yeah. And then Dylan Holloway, I don't think there's a fucking chance that we trade him. I think he's going to be a really, really good player and potentially somebody that, you know, in a couple of years we can move out Nuge's contract and have Holloway if uh, that's kind of how things end up playing out. But I, I, there, there's some things I'd be willing to give up. I think Tyson Barry is an easy guy to move at this point. I think Evan Bouchard is the same player um, as Barry with way less of a cap hit. Um, Bouchard's just as good of offensively and just as bad defensively at this point. So, yeah, um, I, I just I, I think Edmonton does have to be aggressive, but I think they have to be really careful um, who they are going to move out as far as prospects. And I know teams will be asking, um, especially for Philip Broberg. He's a, a beautiful Swedish uh, skating defenseman. Um, which is, you know, everybody's looking for a, a Swedish defenseman that can, you know, move the puck and skate like he does. Yeah, Detroit's got a good one coming up too. Now, Par, I know you got to go. Uh, so I'm going to get towards the wrap-up portion of the show. I'm going to give a, some quick love here to something for the Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario listeners, anyone outside of the Sioux. Make sure you stick around, though, for this quick little update here. I don't want you to tune off because, you know, we got listeners in Southern Ontario. Milton, giving a little bit of extra love to Milton, as Alex realized, uh, uh, in all of Ontario and as well as this, the Michigan area. All of our listeners uh, throughout the world that are tuning in, I want to give a little love to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds uh, the Greyhounds are in action this upcoming uh, weekend. Uh, that would be on Friday, March the 11th against Kitchener. And then they play Kitchener on Saturday, a little back-to-back at home. Uh, next week, Wednesday, they will be playing Sarnia. And speaking of the Greyhounds, uh, they are actually currently in action while we are talking currently. They have the lead over Sudbury, but we're not going to dive into analytics of that game. But Rory Kearns of the Greyhounds has 89 points. That's a pretty darn good amount of points he has this year with Cole McKay going to the top three as well. Uh, the Sioux Greyhounds are fourth in the Western Conference, one point behind Windsor, three points behind London, and seven points behind Flint, and they are six points ahead of Guelph. So they got the top four in a decent position, 52 games 
into the season. There's still a good amount of time left as the playoffs and the schedule was extended just so everyone knows in the Northern or sorry, in the Ontario hockey league. So if uh, you want to hear some love about the more of the OHL, Scott Nason also dives into it with me on the 1400 AM edition of the game sports show, which you can check out a, an upload copy on the game show.com. Now going to the NOJHL, as I mentioned, this two Thunderbirds beat the Eagles. That's that's last night, March the 8th for their 11th win in a row. Those Thunderbirds. Now the Thunderbirds are first place in the West, 67 points. They have five games in hand on the Eagles, which is essentially 10 points, but the Eagles have 51 points. The Thunderbirds are 16 points up on the, on the Eagles right now. It looks like the West for the West division, the Thunderbirds are running away with it, or dare I say flying away with the West division. But if you look over at the East side, it's even more tight. Hurst, Powassan, and Timmins, 64, 61, and 60, respectively in points between first, second, and third. That East is really tight. Whoever comes out of that East is going to be beat up for the finals against a team in the West, which you got to give the edge to Thunderbirds, Eagles, but don't count out those pesky Beavers or even those vicious Cubs teams that are very tenacious in their games. But Thunderbirds are looking like they're flying away from the pack currently check out the nojhl.com it's northern ontario junior hockey league very fast and exciting hockey that you can also stream as well so fellas there's a local love i wanted to get into alex i want to say thank you for taking the time today we did this show before we did the show we did an interview with our guest i'll say his name pierre Luc leblanc uh, was the guest that we had just before our show here tonight uh, so i appreciate you taking a couple hours to spend with me and do the shows uh and i know you got to get going so we'll let you sign off we've had some fun today we've had a lot of fun today oh yeah, we did yeah we well, did well dave we'll be doing this again shortly Oh, uh, we uh, lots going on, and Brooksy name dropped and got us. Uh, not, I don't want to say Brooksy got us. I'm sorry, Brooksy confirmed. That's how I. That's how it should be said. Brooksy confirmed a guest, a uh, friend of his, that I've shared the news with both of you. Uh, we also have some big shows coming up and some repeat guests coming on that were one of our biggest additions. I'm sure people can guess a couple of those names, but we have a lot of big things coming with our interviews and the T Gem Network. There's a lot going on, and it's it's a busy time for the game entertainment and media and the game sports show. So don't miss any content. And Alex, you're there all the time. Dane, Alex, I'll let you sign off. Thanks. It was very fun. Uh, maybe some EASHL later on, or either way, we have a land party this weekend. So who can, who, who can blame us if we want to take a night off tonight and get prepped for the big week, make, make sure to get that keg from Northern superior. That's all I'm going to say. And get the ethernet cable. Fucking. Set. Yes. Get that fucking ethernet cable. Fucking, fucking joke. That is, this is bullshit. Dane, my friends, uh, you had a lot prepared with the deadline. I know we talked a lot about the Leafs and Oilers a little bit, but those are good teams to use as examples because they're so in can fucking consistent. Yes. I combined that word together uh, because we don't know what the hell you're going to get one night. You might get, I don't know what you said. Sad face McDavid. I think that's what you said at the beginning or stiff face McDavid. I forget the turf stink face dave thank you stink face mcdavid i love that his house is not stinky i guarantee you it's a nice looking house i'm sure it smells great inside that house he has but we have uh we've had a good show here tonight we're talking a lot of trade deadline like i said a lot of love towards the Leafs and oilers about those are good teams to use as an example we have uh we're gonna have your pretty face on video soon my friend aren't you excited for that uh yes i i i can't wait to look at myself on my screen while i talk hockey I love that. Thank you for taking the time to come chat and being prepared tonight as me and Alex uh, weren't as prepared as you tonight. 
<laughs> yes, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, the Oilers uh, look like they're buzzing tonight. So uh, for you uh, gambling folk, uh, money line Oilers. But uh, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> we're gonna come out. We're gonna come out and win this one tonight, boys. Okay, you go put money down on it then. I I I I, I am as soon as we uh, log off. All right, there you go. Before they score. <laughs> hey fellas, I'll have a good night. Those of you uh, to make sure that I remind you to hit like, follow, and subscribe on all of the platforms of the Game Sports Show and also the Game Entertainment and Media, the TGM Network channel. Of course, it's been March the 8th. Uh, this has been the pre-recording of Top Shelf Episode 7, Season 2. It's actually Season 5 of Hockey, but Top Shelf officially. Uh, so, you know, there's always a lot that we get into here. So going to the conclusion, I'd like to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.